Pickaxe and Roll. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is late Sunday. It's it's Sunday morning. It's at, it's 1.43 a.m. Let me just not lie to you guys immediately. Uh, it is late. And, and coming home from Ball Arena late after the Nuggets do their, their post game and everybody finishes talking uh, late after I do my preparation for the podcast. It's uh, it's just pretty late, and so we're we're not going to talk about that too much. But this is a game that you have to podcast for. This is a game that you have to come prepared because this was a fun game, and it definitely stood out as something that I think Nuggets fans should be really happy with. That given the game that they had twenty four hours ago against the Golden State Warriors, this response against the Houston Rockets is a really good one. Today's episode is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I hope you guys are taking care of all of their deals, uh, getting in on that action. Uh, I've got a, a a nice little promo late later in this episode, so stay tuned for that. Uh, but the story of this game tonight, the Nuggets, they blow out the Rockets 129-116. Score was not that close. Uh, or The score was closer than the actual game, I will say. Rockets finished on an 11-0 run, which basically, like, it was against Denver's third string. They cut a 24-point margin to a 13-point margin, and this game was was not close. And Denver separated at halftime, and they made sure not to give up any ground. It was a very impressive performance from Denver's new starting unit and from some key members of Denver's bench that we're going to talk about. So we'll talk about most of the starters in the first segment, the bench in the second segment, and then I'm, I'm going to circle back to Aaron Gordon and Nikola Jokic in the third. So stay tuned for that. But first, the story of tonight was Michael Porter Jr., as well as two other Nuggets setting career highs. It was a very impressive performance offensively from Denver, and you have to start with MPJ. MPJ, 39 points on 13 of 21 from the field. 8 of 12 from 3, and 5 of 5 from the free throw line. He was just on one tonight against a team. They they did not have anybody who could bother him physically, who could contest his shot, and could stick with him when he relocated, when he did everything that he was asked to do as an off-ball scorer. The Nuggets took advantage of that tonight. Their, their primary playmakers, they found him in rhythm consistently. They helped him hunt for those shots throughout the game, and I think it was Nikola Jokic and Faku Kampazo who they combined for nine of the 13 made baskets. They assisted on Michael Porter Jr.'s shots tonight. Nine of his 13 shots were assisted by Faku or Nikola. And that is a really good sign that they are taking advantage and sort of leveraging his strengths. He is always a guy that's willing to shoot. They know that. Everybody knows that. Uh, he even joked about it postgame. Uh, he, his basic his basic words post-game were, well, if you guys want a free assist, then you know where to pass the ball to. And he was kind of tongue-in-cheek laughing about that, of course, but he, I think there is some semblance of seriousness there that they know that if they pass him the ball, he's probably going to shoot it. That creates a, a whole spectrum of other questions that we can talk about at a different time, but the good news is, is that the jumper was on tonight. When he has the jumper going, he can carry the offense. He just, like, it's a, it's very impressive to look at his shot charts, to look at the, the types of shots that he's getting, because they're not super easy all the time. 
Some of them are easy. And when he gets the trail three, when he gets a wide open three, it always feels like a free bucket. It always feels like he's going to make it. And that is the sign of a really great jump shooter. Is that when you leave a guy open, the home or the 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 team, the guy that you root for, their fans are always like, yes, please, we hope that you shoot this. Opposing teams fans are like, oh crap. We just left that guy open. That is the kind of shooter that Michael Porter is. He can carry an offense by himself in a lot of cases, just by being past the ball. He's one of the top jump shooters in the NBA right now. Seth Partnow had a stat that he posted earlier today, before the season high, or the career high, that the top jump shooters in 2020-2021 on a minimum of 250 field goal attempts were Joe Ingles, Joe Harris, Kevin Durant, Marcus Morris, Luke Kennard, and Michael Porter. How he measured this was by shot making. Uh, How effective each of those players were relative to their shot quality. And Michael Porter, his shot quality on jumpers is actually relatively low. He gets pretty difficult looks in a lot of cases, and he capitalizes on them at a much higher rate than people realize. He's a tough shot maker. He's a guy that, even when it's semi-contested, he doesn't see anybody in front of him. There was a shot on the left wing today where he he caught the ball. It It was very funny, actually. It was a very nonchalant possession where P.J. Dozier dribbled the ball up the floor, uh, The Houston Rockets were in their set defense. Michael Porter inbounded the ball to P.J. Dozier. He was jogging along on his left. P.J. passes the ball over to Michael. He catches the ball at about 28 feet with uh, uh, Kelly Olenek in his face. And just nonchalantly rises over the top of him, shoots a 28-footer and cans it. Because that's the kind of shooter that Michael Porter is. And it really stands out, especially at the arena. That when he's taking those shots and making those shots, backbreaking for the opposing team. PJ Dozier, he set a career high tonight, 23 points. His first start. Uh, I love PJ Dozier. I've always thought very highly of PJ. He, remi- he reminds me a bit of Jalen Brown. Somebody who, when he came into the league, it was clear that he had a great body for the position, was fluid, was smart, intelligent, hadn't fully put it all together. But now it seems that PJ's getting an opportunity, and he took the opportunity and ran with it tonight. Again, his first start, he's barely played enough games to like qualify as a second-year player. Like I think this, like he's in the 80s in terms of the total number of games he's played in his career. This is the next player up mentality that Denver has needed because PJ Dozier stepped in there and immediately hit his first three three-point attempts, nine points very quickly. Uh, got the ball easily to Nikola Jokic on an assist. Uh, it might have been a, a foul, uh, if I'm not mistaken, because he finished the game with a career-high 23 points to go with seven rebounds, three assists, two steals, and two blocks. Led the team at plus 21. Uh, one of those blocks was just an, an excellent block. Uh, a great rejection in the first quarter. that It, it saved a basket because he flew from the weak side. And it, it would have been a layup had he not rejected it to Kingdom Come. It was very impressive. 
And his size at the position really stands out as a guy that when he switches, when he's a guy who switches onto a three or a four, he doesn't look that much smaller than anybody. Even when it's a guy like Kelly Olynyk who does a pretty good job, I thought that P.J. Dozier stepped up to him pretty well. There will be guys that he struggles with, but I like what P.J. provides in that position. Uh, Michael Porter said, like, I thought he was pretty insightful in that he said that P.J.'s game reminds him a lot of Will Barton and that they just have their Will, Bar- Will Barton approximate now that Will Barton is, has gone down due to injury. P.J. can step in there, provide a lot of the similar things. I think it's pretty clear that P.J. is a better defender than Will Barton. So we're going to see what happens. We're going to see what happens with P.J. in the starting lineup now because he's not going to shoot that well consistently. And the great thing about Will Barton is that he does create a lot of opportunities for his teammates while also shooting a high percentage from three. So we'll see if P.J. can replicate those skills. But running the pick and roll... Uh, being a pest on the defensive end, and then when he's doing it now, finishing shots from three, that is a really, really important opportunity for him, and I hope that he runs with it. He's very talented, very good. The last career high, uh, Faku Campazo, he set a career high tonight with 13 assists, set the game really well, set things up really well for Michael Porter in particular. I thought that those two had a really good chemistry tonight, especially with that second unit in the fourth quarter. Uh, there were a lot of opportunities for breaking the zone. And Michael Porter is a great player to break the zone with because players that are in a zone, especially at the top of the zone, are not expecting the 6'10 jump shooter to immediately jump shoot uh, when he catches the ball. And he'll do it from 25 feet, 27 feet, 29 feet, wherever you need him to shoot it. He will shoot it. And Faku, he really hunted him on a, for a lot of those passes. They went to Michael Porter. Some of those passes, they went to other guys too. But I thought it was just really impressive how Faku found Porter in some of those situations. He finds some really incredible passing angles. And they're really impressive. They're not things that we see usually from players. But because he's so small, because of his size... They ha- like he has to. There are, there are certain angles that he wouldn't be able to use uh, at that size. So he has to compensate. He has to do different things. And I thought he did it really well tonight. Uh, had a couple nice passes to JaVale McGee. Had a couple nice passes to Jamichael Green. Uh, I thought he attacked the basket really well. Put some pressure on it. Uh, forced the defense to collapse on him, which is very important. My big, like, he probably was the guy that benefited the most from Houston. Like, they're a tire fire right now, and they only played seven guys. He took advantage of that. He's the guy that's going to take advantage of tired players because he's a jitterbug who just runs everywhere. But he still took advantage of it. He still had to do it, and he did. So, biggest takeaway from tonight. Denver can space the floor with Faku, PJ, Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter, and Nikola Jokic. If Michael Porter's taking as many shots as he is, it's going to bend the defense in a different way. It's more difficult than it would have been with Murray and Barton, but they can do it, especially if PJ's playing this way with that confidence. The bench is where things get difficult, 
but they made it a little easier tonight with an athletic big that Nuggets fans have really wanted to see. And we will talk about him after the break. But first, for some, the NFL draft is the most exciting day of the season. For others, it is a chance to build on last year's success. Whether your team has the first pick or the last, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing the excitement to you. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is adding to the thrill of the draft with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in free bets if a quarterback is drafted first overall on Thursday night. I don't know if you know this, but there is a guy by the name of Trevor Lawrence who played for Clemson who seems to maybe have a promise to the Jacksonville Jaguars at first overall. So this is going to cap. This is going to hit. Turning $1 into $100 in free bets is simple. All you have to do is place any wager on any draft outcome, and you will be eligible to win $100 in free bets if a quarterback is selected in the first round. There are a number of ways to take action on the draft, so head to the app now and see that what DraftKings Sportsbook is offering for Thursday on Thursday night's event. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MHS. When you sign up to t- for your chance to turn $1 into $100 in free bets. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook is letting you turn $1 into $100 in free bets if a quarterback is selected first overall this Thursday night. Don't forget to enter code MHS during sign-up. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Uh, winnings are paid out in free bets, by the way. Gambling restrictions apply. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. Back here on Pickaxe and Roll. Thank you so much for making my day, for making me a part of your day as well. Uh, got some more to get to, especially with this bench unit. Uh, tonight was an interesting night. Didn't have Paul Millsap because he was uh, on the second night of a back-to-back. The Nuggets have made it a, a big distinction that they want to get him rest on one night or the other of back-to-backs. Uh and so he played in that last night against Golden State. Thought he had a really bad game. And tonight, JaVale McGee stepped in. He stepped into that role as the backup center. I thought he played pretty well. Six points, three of five from the field, two rebounds, one block. He did have two turnovers and four fouls, including an offensive foul that did result in that turnover. However, uh, the Nuggets did right by him, but or they did right by Nikola Jokic tonight. JaVale McGee played 15 minutes. Nikola Jokic only had to play 29. I'll talk about that more in the third segment, but having somebody who can anchor the defense a little bit, that's really, really important. And I thought that JaVale McGee, in his role tonight, did a really good job of altering shots. There were several times where Houston Rockets players attacked the rim and they they saw the and heard the pitter-patter of, of JaVale McGee loading up to try to block a shot. He didn't block every shot, but he did a pretty nice job. And they only had six rebounds, or six offensive rebounds, the Houston Rockets did. 
And I thought it was very important for Denver that they held them to that, that even when JaVale McGee is going after blocks, it didn't result in a lot of second chance points. That's what you, that's what you fear in situations with a shot blocker that likes to go uh, shot hunting. But there were a lot of situations where just him being around the rim forced some mistakes. There were balls fumbled out of bounds. There were uh, shots thrown up where they assumed that he would be jumping, but he didn't actually jump. He was just in the vicinity. Uh, and I thought that was that really stood out tonight. He was a plus 15 and in the plus-minus department. Highest plus-minus of any bench player. And I thought that was notable. That there were other combinations with the bench guys and Nikola Jokic that didn't do as well. This one did do well, though. And, and I thought that JaVale McGee, he really kind of stood out as a guy that paired well with Faku Campazzo in that pick and roll, with P.J. Dozier in that pick and roll, even with Austin Rivers. Uh, Austin Rivers did a pretty nice job of, of in, his, in his few minutes, but here's a stat that I want to share. Uh, this is a very small sample size. In five games and 55 total minutes so far this year, the Nuggets are posting an 87.6 defensive rating when JaVale McGee is on the floor. That is ludicrous. That is really, really low. That would be historically low. That would just be very, very impressive for what the Nuggets are trying to do. And they've long been trying to find a solution to what their bench unit needs. And I think that they've they've found some situations where Paul Millsap is really good, where the combination of Paul Millsap and Jermichael Green, along with their defensive guards, is really good. But when you have JaVale McGee as a rim protector, I don't think you lose anything defensively with him out there. I do think that you gain something offensively by changing the geometry of the court. And we're going to see if this bears out, because Denver's going to have a lot of situations where they can play JaVale. There are going to be a lot of teams where it, it sort of makes sense to play him over Paul Millsap or Jermichael Green, and we'll, we'll talk about that, but... I want to see more JaVale McGee on the floor overall. Uh, Paul Millsap, he needs to be saved for the playoffs. This Nuggets team, they're dropping like flies. So playing and overplaying Paul Millsap and or Jermichael Green, not a good idea. So I hope they continue to cycle through there. Stock Austin Rivers, 29 minutes played tonight, was up and down through most of them. I thought it was mostly down. Uh, but there were situations where I thought he did, he made the right play offensively, or he made the right play defensively. Sometimes it just didn't work out. Uh, but 29 minutes is the big thing, because he was definitely not brought in to play 29 minutes. And you start to realize how important it is that he's out there. Nine points, three of seven from the field, two of six from three. The Nuggets need those three-point attempts. They need somebody on the bench who can hunt those shots. Uh, I think he's probably a more talented three-point shooter than P.J. Dozier. So when he gets those shots, I expect him to make them, not with consistency, but at enough of a rate where I think it makes sense for him to keep taking them. Three assists, two rebounds, uh, fine, fine. Uh, The defense was unimpressive tonight, though. I thought he was clearly trying. I, I just think that bigger players, they, they worked right through him. Uh, Jayshon Tate was one of those guys. Maybe unfair to kind of blame Austin Rivers for that. 
because I like Jay Sean Tate. I think he's going to be a really good basketball player. Uh, he's just, he's very, he's like, he's built like a truck, really. And he's very skilled for being a truck. Uh, but I like him. Uh, Austin Rivers, he's came in off the street, so he may not be fully ready. This was his third game. So everybody has to keep that in mind when, when consistently evaluating him. Stock to Michael Green. Uh, he shot the ball well, and that needs to be said. Two of two is good, and him being able to do that, defenses close out hard to him, and I think that that really stands out when talking about Jermichael Green. Sometimes when it's Paul Millsap, they don't close out as hard. They wait for him to shoot, and if he shoots, they're going to be fine. If not, then they'll also be fine, because Millsap doesn't really have a dribble-drive game against most guys. Jermichael Green, though, He's shooting over 41% from three at the moment, I think. And a guy like that, when you leave him open, he will make teams pay more often than not. Or, well, not more often, but more frequently than they're, they're, they're supposed to leave him open. Um, <coughs> Excuse me. He has struggled to defend without fouling of late. I've been very unimpressed with him defensively. And a lot of it is just, it it may not be his era as a power forward. It may be a situation where he needs to play more center. And I tend to think that in a lot of situations that might benefit him a little bit more. But when he's playing next to JaVale McGee, I think some of that is masked a little bit. He got taken into the post tonight, though, and I thought that he did a bad job. Most of the time, I think he can do a better job than he has. So he's sort of on a bad run right now. And I don't want to blame him too much for it because the shot is going in most of the time. And that is a really important piece of it. But tonight he got a post touch. Uh, I thought that it's it's the worst decision that the Nuggets can make uh, when he gets a post touch. Because he gets one about every other game. And they all seem to go very poorly. Synergy has him at 0.66 points per possession. And that's 13th percentile in the NBA uh, on post-ups. That's going to go down after tonight, too. He just had a couple bad decisions passing the ball. Um, kind of just he, he had the ball taken right away from him when he was trying to enter it into the post for Nikola Jokic. So a lot weird going on with Jermichael Green tonight. Hopefully it's just an aberration and he can come back and be the smart basketball player that he needs to be. Uh, It was not a good night for him, though. And Shaq Harrison was fine. Uh, He was the other guy off the bench that played tonight. 14 minutes, did have a steal, did have a bucket, uh, but mostly just not a, a, it was a very nondescript night for Shaq Harrison, I think. Really wasn't anybody for him to guard on the Houston Rockets, like, they started Armani Brooks at point guard, Jay Sean Tate at point guard, Kelly uh, Kelly Olynyk played some point guard. Oh my god, I, I just realized this. Kelly Olynyk had eleven assists. <laughs> wow, uh, twenty one points, eight rebounds, eleven assists for Kelly Olynyk, and a minus thirty. Uh, he went eleven of eleven from the free throw line tonight. Very interesting numbers. Very interesting player. Um, that's that's fascinating. I didn't realize that. Very cool. Um, but yeah, that like Shaq Harrison's not here to guard Kelly Olenek. That that wasn't going to go well. So 
it is what it is. He didn't play as much tonight. Denver had to play the guys that were spacing the floor a little bit more, like Austin Rivers, like uh, MPJ, of course. And it worked out. So hopefully it continues to work out. Let's take our final break. When we come back, we will talk Aaron Gordon and Nikola Jokic specifically. We will be right back. Final segment, let's make this one brief. Uh, Aaron Gordon, Nikola Jokic, let's talk about them each a little bit because I think they're they're in very unique positions right now for Denver. And it's, it's going to be fascinating to hear your guys' reactions to them. Uh, I, I want to hear your thoughts on Aaron Gordon because I have some thoughts here. Uh, I think he's the guy that is most affected on this Nuggets roster by the injuries. Um, Denver has these floor spacers in Jamal Murray, Will Barton, that do a good job of taking the pressure off of guys like Aaron Gordon, where he was a fifth option for most of this time. Jamal Murray was the second option. MPJ, the fourth op- or the third option. Will Barton, the fourth option. Aaron Gordon, the clear fifth option on the team. And he was okay with it, at least outside looking in. Now those two guards have gone down, especially those two guards, and it has really changed things for Gordon. He's being asked to do just a little bit more. And in addition, the lineups have really shifted. They've, they've shifted entirely since he arrived. There are things he can control. There are definitely things that, uh, there are definitely things that I think he can do better. Uh, tonight, he had seven points, two rebounds, one assist, one steal, two turnovers in his 20 minutes. Shot three of seven from the field, one of four from three. Very nondescript stat line. If I told you that he was the third option on the team, you would laugh at me. Or you would say, that's a pretty crappy third option. I don't think that Aaron Gordon is a crappy third option. I think he's had a lot of experience being the second option or third option in Orlando and has played better in some of those circumstances due to some comfort level stuff. But there are things that he can control and should probably control a little bit better at this point. For example, I think the possession that got him benched, uh, and there there was some talk about whether he was checking out a sore knee. I'm, I'm not sure if that's true, uh, but it is what it is. The possession that he had right before being taken out. Uh, Kelly Olynyk was pressuring him the entire way up the floor, and Aaron Gordon took it very personally. Tried to dribble past him, Tried made, made a sequence of dribble moves that got very little separation. Then he drove to towards the rim and stopped on a dime and took a step back three. Got some good space over Kelly Olynyk, and like it was a good move. It hit off a of front iron, and, and People aren't going to remember that, that you missed that, but settling for a step back three in that situation, and it was kind of just hunting for the highlight a little bit, that's not going to endear him to a lot of people. It's not like you're not letting anybody else touch the ball, just isn't a good choice, especially. It's not like he's shooting 40% from three like Michael Porter usually does. It's usually about 30%. 
being at that low of a level, and especially a low level and off the dribble stuff, you got to know your place. You got to know the right situations that are going to endear you to teammates. And I'm sure the, the Nuggets aren't sweating it, especially in a win, but had they come back and lost, like, you, you don't necessarily blame it on one player or anything like that, but that's a play that Michael Malone probably brings up in film study with the team the next day and say, you guys are being selfish here. The Nuggets have said, and Michael Malone has said, Aaron Gordon has said, that they want to get him to the post a little bit more. Take advantage of his post skills. He had one shot out of the post tonight, and it was a fadeaway that he turned from about a 7-foot shot to a 12-foot shot over a smaller player. That is also not endearing because rather than go with the simple jump hook over somebody, he turned a very, a relatively standard post look into a very difficult shot. And just because he can make it doesn't mean that he should go for it. He also had some really bad passing turnovers trying to get the ball to Nikola Jokic. And that I, I can definitely excuse a little bit because of chemistry stuff. He's still trying to figure it out. The Nuggets are still trying to figure it out. Nikola Jokic is still trying to figure it out because he's having to get the ball in new angles because some of the guys can dribble and some of them can't. But Aaron Gordon's decision-making here has to be infinitely better in a bigger role. The Nuggets, they want him to take more responsibility. And if he wants that, he's going to have to earn it. It's not just going to be given to him at this point. Ideally, you'd want him to serve as that playmaking forward, somebody who could share the burden with Nikola Jokic, somebody who could playmake for other people. But he has to make those plays. He has to be better than what he's been lately. And I think he has the talent to do that. I think his, his hand has been tied behind his back a little bit because the Nuggets don't have any, like, like they have jump shooting guards. And P.J. Dozier made three of five tonight. Faku Composer just a couple games ago went four of five against the Portland Trailblazers. So they can shoot. But they're not like, like they're not Jamal Murray. Or they're not... Even like prime Gary Harris was a guy that you didn't want to leave open. They're not that. So they could turn into that, and we'll see if they turn into that, but I'm at least paying attention to it more closely here. Stock Nikola Jokic, he was really, really good tonight, especially in that first quarter. He got his work done out of the way pretty quickly. First quarter, 16 points, 4 assists, created 27 points through his points and passing, out of the 36 that the Nuggets scored. Basically single-handedly put the Nuggets out in front on this one. Then he was able to take a back seat the rest of the way. Eight points, eight assists for the rest of the game. He let other guys cook. And that's the formula. That's how you do it. When you put yourself kind of like... Being unselfish in Nikola Jokic's eyes is, is about... Uh, passing the ball. It's about sharing. It's about trying to get everybody involved. The unselfish thing that Nikola Jokic that Nikola Jokic can do. Excuse me, as I stutter. The unselfish thing that Nikola Jokic can do is take more responsibility so that others don't have to. So that others can focus on a more narrow role, and can excel 
in a more narrow role. Nikola Jokic has the talent to do this consistently, and he did it. Once he put the team out in front on this one, he really didn't have to be more aggressive than in that first quarter, and that was good. But those were some aggressive post-ups, and when he wants to, he can absolutely crush people emotionally with the way that he plays. The post-ups, the touchdown passes, the Sambor shuffles, the threading of passes, like in between three defenders for an easy bucket. Sometimes he allows himself to take his foot off the gas, and and you can't be full throttle for an entire regular season if you're going to play every game. I totally get that. But when he takes his foot off the gas, that's often when Denver's offensive cracks show a little bit. So, he has to be very selective about when he does that. When he has it going like he did in the first quarter, he has to run with it. He has to force the opposing team to double him to shit. Because if they do, like sometimes he even split the double team and and made shots. It was very impressive how he played tonight combating double teams, and and even when they tried to double, he still scored. He was very, very good. And it's going to take a village to keep him at this level, I think. Denver did really well to get him some rest in that fourth quarter. I think he needs it. Uh, He seemed pretty exasperated post-game, at least in my opinion. Could just be me playing the body language doctor, but, but Jokic... He's carrying a heavier load than anyone in the NBA right now. He has to do so much, and asking him to do even more is very difficult. Michael Malone said as much post-game one time that, look, Nikola Jokic is, is being asked to do everything. He is, I think, the best player in the NBA. Asking him to do even more than that would be really, really tough. And it would be counterproductive for Denver's playoff push. That if they ever get healthy, and they're never going to get fully healthy because Jamal's out. But if they ever get most of the way healthy, where the rest of the guys, especially the guys with hamstring strains right now, when they come back, you want Nikola Jokic to be at his best as well. And if he's at 70%, 80% because his, his fuel tank is on empty... That's a problem. So, Michael Porter Jr. making shots? Good. P.J. Dozier making shots? Great. That is huge to to take the pressure off of Jokic. And if they can do that early in games as well, then Nikola Jokic can sit back, pick and choose his spots, and take over late if necessary. You don't want him to have to go gung-ho for 48 minutes. Because if he does... That's a a losing formula for Denver, in my opinion. Give him some time. Play a true backup center. Make sure that he can get the requisite rest. Because if he can, Denver's not out of this quite yet. That's going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Make sure to check in over this next week as we go over some more games. I'll have on some more guests. Make sure to talk about the the final stretch of this season because this Nuggets team, they keep making things interesting. I thought that tonight's game was going to be uh, boring. It was not. Every time they find a new way to make things captivating. Michael Porter Jr. is a big, big part of that. 
I wonder if he breaks that season high at some point. Because 39, it's not quite 40. I think Michael Porter knows that too. That's going to do it for this episode. I'll talk to you guys next week.